As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Broncos country, this is Tanner Lee, the host of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. I am here and I'll be joined shortly by, I'll call my co-host now, Jeff Ryan, who joins me pretty much every week for this podcast. Uh, We'll be breaking down the Broncos debacle, I guess we can say, uh, which was a loss of 34-16 to to the Jets yesterday. Uh, Had a little bit over 24 hours now to uh, relive this game, go over... My thoughts, at least. Uh, we'll see what Jeff has to say, and uh, gonna try to stay positive. But uh, just a spoiler alert: this one's uh, probably gonna be a little more negative than positive. But uh, before we get into that, here's some music from the Mad Fanatic. Orange man, I'm rocking orange man. And now I'm joined by my co-host of the Orange Weekly Postgame Podcast, Jeff Ryan. Jeff, besides the uh, Broncos' 34-16 loss yesterday, how are you doing? Well, not very well because the Rockies got swept and scored two runs. So, um, bad bad car on a sports weekend, but I'm all right. Yeah, it really was pretty much the worst Denver sports day, really, they could ask for, at least professional-wise. Um, yeah. But uh, still got... A lot of Broncos games left in the season, um, but can you try to talk me down off the ledge during this podcast? Because right now I feel <laughs> like I am just watching 2017 all over again through five games. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to uh, to convince you to step back from that ledge because I'm right there with you, my friend. It's it's really ugly football. Um, I don't have a lot of positives to bring to today's show in terms of where I think this team can, can, you know, actually get better um, and play up to the standards that we expect. And so it's going to be hard to hard good things to talk about, but uh, we'll do our best. Yeah. I already warned the uh, listeners in the intro before I brought you in that uh, it might be more, one of the more negative podcasts we've done. Uh, So (laughs) that's understandable. It's uh, I just I didn't see that coming yesterday, especially all the defense. I never thought I'd see a game where the defense got dominated on the ground like they did, and uh, okay. I, th- I thought they quit a little bit. I, and I know Derek Wolf yeah. uh, was very frustrated after the game. Uh, said for fans that to saying that the players aren't out there playing hard that that's bullshit. And I agree with him. I'm sure they are playing hard and trying, but. I don't know, other plays, it looks like they are quitting and it's just bad football all around right now and something's got to get fixed and fixed quick. Unfortunately, we have 
the best team in the league, if not the best team, probably the second best team in the league, coming to the mile high this weekend in the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, it's it's a scary thought that we've lost three games and now have to welcome in um, one of the best teams in football. Who doesn't even have uh, a keep to leap for them? That was uh, a matchup we were looking forward yes, to. Yes, that's a good point. Coming back. And then they've still been amazing without him. Um, you know, Jerry Goff has turned – has turned into an elite quarterback within two years with less than two years, really. And, um, Todd Gurley, I mean, after what, you know, we'll get into this, but after what the Jets did to us on the ground, Todd Gurley could run for about 400, 500 yards on us. <laughs> and it's scary. Um, we're not even joking. No, no, I'm not. I, I, I legitimately think if there was going to be a day, the a running back quarterback could put up, you know, 600 plus yards total, it, it could easily, easily happen with Goff and Gurley this week. It's scary to think about, but um, we'll get into why we're, why we're feeling that way. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really concerned. I didn't see yesterday going that way either. Um, you know, every NFL team has a lot of talent, no matter how bad of a team they are and can beat you on any given day. And I, I don't want to act like we are, an elite team that just let up, you know, against a, a bad team. I, I think we're a, a average to below average team um, at best that lost to a bad football team. So it's just, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a Jets team that was one and three heading into yesterday. It's not like they're four and oh, um, and their no. offense didn't look good those previous uh, weeks besides week one against Detroit. It was their defense that was making a name for themselves. And then, just to see that was I, – I just can't get over it. I mean, Isaiah Crowell, who's kind of a journeyman around the league, who made a name for himself in Cleveland, 15 carries for 219 yards, one touchdown, 14.6 yards per carry. And then wow. Belial Powell had 20 carries for 99 yards. We gave up 323 yards rushing to the 1-3, now 2-3 New York Jets. I just, I just can't get over it. Nah, I can't wrap my head around that either. It's disgusting to think about where this defense has, has come to. And and I know that that's not the defense. Uh, it, it's not like that's an average defensive performance for this team. You know, we've seen a, we've seen this team play pretty good on, on defense um, for the, you know, the majority of games here to start the season. Um, so I don't expect to see repeat performances of that, but I texted you this yesterday and it's not that I just came to this realization yesterday. I think this has kind of been building over time, but it's pretty clear that when the Denver Broncos under Vance Joseph are good and things are rolling, this team really feeds off each other. It feeds off the energy and, um, and we're able to kind of string some nice offensive series together. We're able to put pressure on the quarterback and it's resulting in wins. And when, and when things look bad, um, like they did at the end of the Kansas City game and into this week against New York, things look really, really bad. And, and so it's concerning to me to have those two extremes where, you know, you play well when things are good and, and you play like the 32nd ranked football team when things are bad. That, that's that's not a good sign. And no, no, it's not. I agree with all, all those points you made. And, you know, I was watching the game with the Colts fan yesterday and um, he, he follows the NFL and you know, follows the Broncos a little bit, but not like a Broncos fan does. And he even asked me during the game, he goes, who did the Broncos defense lose in the offseason besides Tlaib? I said, yeah. really, nobody that key. And then, yeah. which he was found, he was just, you know, really confused and couldn't believe that by the performance the defense was showing yesterday. 
And then he also, he kind of said the same thing. He goes, man, sometimes the Broncos look like they're a top 10 team. And other times he goes, he looked, they look like they're top bottom five team in the, in the yeah. league. I said, I know there's no consistency. See, there's been, never yeah. been any consistency with, since the staff has arrived. And now you want to know this step? Vance Joseph is now one and nine on the road as a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And we're now one and 11 on the road in our past 12. So it's, it's bad. It's a, we're in a really rough period right now. Oh, we're not even um, in a rough period for this season. I mean, I think right now is a, it's a, a turning point for the franchise. It can go one way yes. or the other. Um, yeah. This could, this could go on for a while if they don't figure things out soon. And I know people are like, oh, it's only f- fifth week of the season. Well, there's a lot of signs, uh, recurring signs from last year, uh, rearing their ugly heads. And I don't see it s- stopping anytime soon. And when you have, the L.A. Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs has two of your two of your next three games, and then the schedule beefs up even after that. It's a uh, mm-hmm. reason to be concerned. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I'm very, very concerned. Um, I'm realistically aware that this team could very legitimately win, you know, four to five games again. Um, total, if not worse, this season. If not worse, I mean the way <laughs> the way Vance Joseph has controlled this team right now, it could be worse. Um, and I, I think. Broncos fans and myself very much included are so and yourself as well are so blinded by the success the team has had in its not even just recently but in its entire history Mm -hmm. um, maybe more so to the start of the Elway era but we're so blinded by that success that we we're so optimistic that every year you know if it starts bad or things look bad at times we're going to turn it around and and I wanted to believe that last year um I've really wanted to believe it at the start of this year, and I even want to believe it now. But when you think about it, you know, we haven't had losing back-to-back losing seasons, excuse me, since I want to say 1974, something like that. Sounds right. Correct Correct me if I'm I wrong. I think Maybe it sounds like right. 70s. No, I mean, off the top of my head. I, want, I know it's the 70s for sure. And so that means that our very worst years back-to-back were minimum, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, and so we're just not used to this kind of, uh, performance by the Broncos and, and, uh, you're right. This is a turning point in the franchise that we all need to realize is happening. And, um, unfortunately it's more likely going in a bad direction than a good one. And one more point I want to make about the, uh, overall view of this team before we get into actually talking about yesterday's debacle. I'm going to keep calling it a debacle because it wasn't a football game from a Broncos standpoint. <laughs> it was just awful. Um, this team, and, and correct me if, if you disagree, this team is more talented than last year's team. Wouldn't you say that? I uh, Yes. Yes, I would, especially because of the rookie class that we have. Exactly. And so that tells me a lot of fingers. Yeah, the players do deserve some blame, of course, and particularly some um, – some individual players in particular, I should say. But a lot of it, I think, goes on the darn coaching staff. Oh, yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. I I. I am incredibly frustrated with the preparation that that um, this team has going into games. And I, and I put preparation, I put mental edge, I put all those kind of factors in football on the coaching staff. You know, players are going to play the way they can athletically based on their own skills, and you can't really change that. But what you can change is you can change mindsets, you can change schemes, you can change philosophies to coaching, you can change the way players look at 
you know, every single play. I mean, you could tell once we got down yesterday, it was all over. We had no chance whatsoever of coming back. The offensive line gave up. We, you know, I know Bulls came out with the injury. He also had a couple penalties. The defense, they they looked like they completely gave up. I mean, the first run to Crowell, um, we had two unblocked guys that could have made the tackle that they, they just looked flat out lazy on. Um, and that's not, that's not uh, based on their athletic ability. That's based on their, their motivation to make a play that they didn't make. Um, so in my opinion, yeah, this, this all falls on coaching and number one, it falls on who is responsible for putting this coaching staff together, which would be Vance, the uh, John Elway, excuse me. Yeah, John's going to start taking more heat. I know we say we have said that on previous podcasts, but it's true. I mean, I'm a, I know you're a big Elway fan. I'm a big Elway fan, even though we were really too young to really remember him too much, at least, mm-hmm. uh, just for what he's done for the organization. But it, you, you can't, you can't be blindsided by this. I mean, he's made no. some moves, even some free agency pickups in the last two years that haven't worked. Uh, Marquette King, for example, the latest one, yep. that have just been yep. a waste of money, and. Uh, no, it's it's time to start pointing the finger and uh, hold hold the in Joe Ellis's and John Elway's accountable. Um, but okay, uh, uh, I got two questions for you before we get into breaking down yesterday's game. Uh, one, but uh, let's go three to four weeks ahead of time now. So we will we have had played the Rams at Arizona and at Kansas City. So we're getting ready for the Texans at home. Is Joe Woods still the defensive coordinator? True or false? Oh, um, I will say, let's see, give me a second here. We play the Rams at Arizona, at Kansas City. And then we would play Houston. Houston. So going into Houston, so that's after the next three games, uh, true or false, Joe Woods is the Broncos defense coordinator. I will say true. Okay. Okay. I'll go one step further then. That that probably just answered what I'm going to ask here. Is Vance Joseph still the head coach of the Denver Broncos? I will say true as well, not because he deserves to be, but because you're at a point in the season there with still half the year remaining. And uh, I don't see Elway forcing this team into a into basically losing out the rest of the year. I, I really don't I don't see the Broncos having that kind of approach. Um, I think if anything, he's going to let Vance Joseph, Joe Woods and the rest of the staff drive the team into the ground themselves. Um, and, and make it look like it's on them and not him, which, fr- quite frankly, I think is wrong. Um, I think Elway has failed to hold himself accountable at times, um, and I think he needs to start doing so. But in my opinion, the staff will not see any changes until maybe a quarter of the season left. That's just my opinion. I uh, Yeah, that, that that's interesting because – I honestly thought Joe Woods might be fired after yesterday's game until I heard what Vance Joseph said in the post game that there wasn't right. going to be any staff changes. If we see another really bad performance, even though the Rams are a really good team, I think Joe Woods is gone after Sunday. Yeah, I think Vance Joseph survives at least for a little bit longer. But um, I mean, they they pulled the plug with Mike McCoy last year. Um, yeah, that's what, very true. Just over halfway in, in the season, I believe. So if they did it to him. I mean, I, I I think Joe Woods has been on the hot seat for a little while anyways. Um, I see that move. Who, who do we go to, would you think? <sighs> I have no idea. In-house? Yeah, in-house. You, you can't grab somebody off the street, I don't think, during the season. I think all moves would be in-house, and that's all good questions. I mean, if you fire Vance Joseph, who do you promote? Is it uh, Bill Musgrave? Yeah. Is it uh, <laughs> McMahon, the special Scary. teams co- coordinator? Is it is it Kugler? 
who's an offensive line coach, but coached at UTEP, has head coach experience, even though he wasn't even good at, in college. I mean, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not too optimistic that it's not going to come to that. So No, I, I think both scenarios are incredibly likely. Um, I This is the first time that I would say it's most likely that a coach would get fired that early in the season by the Broncos as a head coach. Um, but I also – I don't know. Something tells me that this team is somehow capable of winning, you know, six games by the end of it all. And that might be enough to keep him until the very end of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if if we saw what we saw against the Jets the next three weeks, then yes, he he does not deserve to continue coaching. Um, Then you kind of get into the moral ethical debates of, well, look at all the teams that have intentionally organizationally basically given up in order to get a top draft pick. And do you start considering that? I I'm not afraid to say that we should do that. I mean, come on, the, the, the way the league is set up shows you that if you can get a top draft pick, especially a top quarterback that you can hit on, which is difficult in itself. Um, then you take every opportunity to do that. Look at the Colts. They went from Peyton Manning to, I know he's controversial now because of his injuries and his limited success, but Andrew Luck, just because they went two and 14 one season. So I don't know. I, those are a lot of conversations that we don't even want to have. But you have to start thinking about it because of how bad, seriously, how bad we've looked the last three weeks. Oh, yeah, particularly yesterday. I mean, it was – I'm sure there's other games we've looked as bad, I mean, over the years. But it took me back to 2010 when the Raiders came in to the mile high and beat yep. them 51-14. That's what I felt yeah. like I was watching at times. I mean, honestly, I was watching that at Wings, et cetera. I left with eight minutes left in the game. I listened to the rest yeah. on the way back home, but mm-hmm. I haven't done I, – I hardly ever do that. I just couldn't watch anymore. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Couldn't, just it couldn't was unwatchable. It. No, no one was trying. I mean, the, the, the idea that players are saying that they're not giving up, I, I think is a load of crap. I, I really think all of the – all of the cliche words that you hear out of the locker room starts with Vance Joseph and has just trickled down to where everyone just believes something that is just not true. They believe that we're a team that um, can win and that we have that we have talent and that we're uh, um, you know that that we're fine and that we're playing hard and that all this other BS that I'm just so sick of hearing. And when you really look at it, I, I, you can't tell me that the, the, the players were giving 100% effort out there. There's no way that it looked like that to me. Yeah, no, I agree. No way. I agree. And uh, All right, let's get into breaking down the game a little bit, finally, now that all we've right. kind of beat around the bush long enough. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, any positives, uh, any, any, any aspect of the game yesterday, any individual performances, anything well, positive before we get into the many, many negatives? I have – uh, I have one positive. Hey, that's better than none. And that maybe you have the same positive. I, I think Cortland Sutton looks like a guy that is going to be our number one wide receiver in the future. Um, I was pretty impressed still with his route running and his uh, his first touchdown as a professional he had there in the first quarter. That was really nice. And at the end of the game, um, with literally no meaning to the play at all, he ran down um, – the, the player um, after the interception at the very end of the game and stopped him at the one yard line. He, he looked like the only guy that had any heart out there on that last play. Um, so that was a positive for me. 
Yeah, you talk about the 104-yard interception return that they caught him at the one-yard line, which yeah. was the longest interception return in NFL history to not result in a <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah, yes, that's what I'm which talking I'm about. I'm glad I saw that on the radio. I listened to that on the radio. I was glad I didn't have to watch that because I couldn't even yeah, believe exactly. what I was listening to. But, you know, exactly. I think Cortland is going to be the number one wide receiver for the Broncos sooner rather than later. And I'm talking yes. maybe as early as next year. If not next yep. year, the year after, I really think he was a good uh, draft pick. I thought Deshaun Hamilton had a good game yesterday. Three mm-hmm. catches for 44 yards. I like the I like these young guys that the Broncos have on offense. I thought Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman did good yesterday. Philip had 12 carries for 61 yards. Royce only five carries for but had 31 yards. Why aren't we running the damn ball more, Jeff? I don't get it. We we emphasized all week long that we were going to run the ball more. We're going to take the training wheels off of Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay. But yet, and I understand we got down um, quick in the second quarter. But yet, all we're trying to do is pass the ball. I, I think it falls. No, I completely agree. I, I think it falls completely on on the fact that Bill Musgrave has some good ideas, but in reality is a very mediocre offensive coordinator at best. There's a reason Oakland didn't want him with, I mean, with uh, Carr. And, you know, when you get down in the game like we were, you can't just keep running the football, um, especially with, you know, the history of this offense stalling as much as it does. Um, I think they felt like, you know, we don't have time to keep running, so we're going to have to pass, which, of course, we saw how that worked. Not at all. so, yeah, I don't know. I, I Believe me, I, I want to see us run the ball more, too. Um, but I, I think it's all situational-based. And, and, and when we do run the ball, at times I'm finding us running off left or right guard for a yard, and I'm like, well, okay, that, there's a difference between running the ball effectively and running the ball just to waste 30 seconds, you know? And and to me, that's got to be coming from Musgrave. No, yeah, I uh, it just frustrates me. Don't say something all week long in about every interview you do just to go out and do the opposite. Um, I know. Even if it's from a strategic standpoint to throw the opposition off because passing game isn't doing worth a damn right now. No. Uh, Sure, Case Keenum's stats to the average eye looked good yesterday. 35 for 51 for 377 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Also took four sacks for a loss of 33 yards. A lot of that was garbage time yardage. So if you're not doing it when it matters, who cares? Oh, yeah. no. I mean, uh, Sam Darnold, you look at his stats, he's only 10 for 22, 198 yards, but he had three touchdowns and a pick, and his three touchdowns were all in meaningful minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it couldn't be more correct. But, yeah, I don't have any other positive. Let's start to call calling people out. Um, Case Keenum, uh, got to play better, man. Just got to play better. Um, yeah. I know the offensive line played poorly yesterday, gave up four sacks. Sometimes – and, you know, I'm not a football expert. I'm just a really big fan who watches a lot of football. But sometimes I think some of those sacks are Case Keenum's fault, not the oh, offensive yeah. line's fault. Um, he just he just hasn't been up to par yet, not worth the money. Uh, his no. stats are up to five touchdowns on the season and seven picks now, I believe. Uh, yes. That's just not going to cut it. He's got to start playing better. Um, and then uh, all the rest of the negatives really are on defense. Um Bradley Bradley Roby's just – I rip on the guy every week. I mean, Robbie Anderson dominated him. Three catches for 123 yards, two touchdowns, including yeah. a 76-yarder. I mean, Bradley – I don't know. He just He's just not cut out to be a number two cornerback, I guess. Uh, we, we keep bringing up his name almost weekly now. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. He – to me, he looks lost out there. He, he's a step behind. Um 
you know, and, and really, I, I want to give an example of, of a player that kind of reminds me of him, but on the offensive side of the ball, excuse me, from a few years ago, um, in Julius Thomas, you know, he, he was built by Peyton Manning, completely built by Peyton Manning. And Bradley Roby to me right now is showing that he was built by our Super Bowl 50 defense. I mean, he, he played the slot corner and looked good because his job out there was so much easier with Tlaib, with Harris, with a pass rush that could really do something, with Darian Stewart, who also I think is taking a step back. T.J. Ward. T.J. Ward was a huge integral part of that team. Um, our linebacker crew was completely different. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's yeah, no doubt yeah. that he's just not a number two, like you said. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, disappointing to see, definitely. Um, yeah. I don't know, uh, a few other guys on defense. Where's Von Miller at? Where's he been the last three games? I don't know. It's, I don't know. He even commented in the post-game yesterday. He's a, I haven't yeah. been doing squat the last three games. Vaughn, we need you, buddy. You are an yeah. elite pass rusher, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. You can impact a game. We need you week in and week out. Yeah. I mean, no, his stat I line yesterday was five tackles, two solo tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one pass deflection. Um. I, uh, Derek Wolf, it was nice to see him get an interception. Um, and Justin Simmons had seven tackles. But besides that, I yeah, I thought Shane Ray flew around the ball pretty good a little bit. He deflected the pass that Wolf picked off. But besides that, I didn't really – I don't think anybody else on the defense is worth uh, talking about, at least in a positive aspect. There, I think Joe Woods takes the biggest negative here. I, I Defense just looks un, uncreative. I, I don't think they're – plays at the right time we we're calling uh you know two-man coverages at the wrong times where we're looking soft i mean chris harris who's been a lockdown corner um has been off of a couple defenders now i've seen him multiple times the last couple games by like 10 you know 10 to 15 yards where uh, that's got to be scheme because he's you know they got to have him in zone or something where he's being that he's being taken that far off the receivers because that's not who he is. I mean, he's a lockdown corner, and I and I don't think his age or anything is showing. I really think it's all scheme. Um, and I don't know, man. I'm just so frustrated that we have we have when you throw out names like Von Miller, Chris Harris, Darian Stewart, even I think is a piece. Um, Derek. Now Bradley Chubb is a rookie. When you throw out those names, you should be thinking this is still a top ten defense. And with yesterday's game, we whatever ranks we did have that looked good just went right out the window. Yeah, we can't. I uh, elite an elite defense or a defense that considers himself top five defense at least in the league does not give up that performance yesterday. Um, we and I love the nickname the No Fly Zone, but the No Fly Zone's a thing in the past. I mean, the Jets fittingly in their nickname flew all over that our No Fly Zone. Um, ground control, which is our our pass rush defense nickname, they were not as existing yesterday. Um, I don't really think the defense can live up to any nicknames right now. Yeah, I agree. This nick this uh, defense doesn't deserve any nicknames. Um, at this point, it's just I don't know, man. It's it's bad. We're in a state of disarray, and um, I don't know what it's going to take to get out of. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the coaches and the players have an answer. I mean, a big game coming up this Sunday. Rams coming to town. Uh, this is a win where if you knock off one of the undefeated teams, one of the best teams in the NFL, you can turn your whole season around. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not very hopeful. 
No, no, I'm not either. I, I no way I can predict a win here this Sunday. Um, you and I'll be out there for the game. So yeah, uh, Broncos country, we're looking forward for to. You. We'll do our part. We'll do our <laughs> part. Uh, you, you, you know, the Broncos country will do their part. They show out every game. Oh, yeah. uh, Mile high will be rocking. But um, I don't know. I just I like our chances better at home than do on the road. I think we can keep it close, or at least closer okay. than a lot of what experts think. I still think it'll be a double digit win for LA. Fortunately, yeah, I, I think. I mean, if LA loses this game, that'd be a huge disappointment to them. I think you know Seattle. Look at Seattle; they just played them really tough. I don't think Seattle's a very good. We beat Seattle. Um, yeah, we beat Seattle at home. So you never know. This NFL season, especially this year right now, is just bonkers. So. You never know, but um, now the way our team looks, I I'm not confident at all. Um, I, I just I really think we have a lot of lot of in-house issues that are not going to be addressed within a week. Um, and when you think about it, we're just we're just not a very good football team. I, I think we have a lot of talented players, and we've wanted to believe that, you know, getting them to play at their max level could could get us maybe to ten wins in a playoff berth. But I don't know. I, I don't think we have the coaching. I don't think we have the right um all the right guys in the locker room to make that happen i really i really don't um and the the philosophy of vance joseph of you know everything's fine we're gonna keep battling we're gonna keep grinding we got a we got a bunch of fighters in there you know i'm a you know he keeps keep hearing out of players that he's a player's coach i think that philosophy is clearly showing that there's no motivation to to really do well because if you if you don't do well it's not that frowned upon. I really, I really feel that way. Um, and I don't know. I'm just disappointed in that, but, uh, we'll see. I'm excited to be out there nonetheless. Yep. It'll be fun being out there. Always, always fun to go to the mile high and watch a game. And, uh, like I said, we'll be doing our part. We'll be bringing the thunder as they like to say out there. So, uh, yep. hopefully we can somehow get them a win. Um, we'll be cheering them on. And, uh, as always, Jeff, go Broncos. Go Broncos, Tanner. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this week's Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Once again, like always, I'm your host, Tanner Lee, and you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore T underscore Lee. Like the Orange Weekly Facebook page if you haven't already. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Orange Weekly. Check out all of our great Broncos content we bring to you every week, uh, starting usually on Monday nights. Uh, Jason usually does a Broncos After Dark Facebook Live show. You can check that out. Tuesday nights is our biggest uh, listener interaction show on Facebook. Uh, Kev Dan is usually joined by uh, Ray or um, one of the other members of our staff. It just kind of mix them. David kind of mix and matches every week, whoever is available. Uh, that is uh, Beer, Broncos, and No BS. That's really a fan interactive show. We really enjoy you guys when you interact, ask questions. That's what makes the show great. And that is on every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. Like I said, that is at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Then on Wednesday night at the same time, you got the good, the bad, and the ugly with myself and Kev Dan. We will be breaking down this week the good, the bad, and the ugly of this uh, past week's game against the Jets. Uh, Spoiler alert, there's going to be a lot of bad and a lot of ugly. Probably not too much good. And then check out the pregame podcast as well jared and matt do a fantastic job of getting you ready for the upcoming games with x's with the x's and o's so get ready for that before 
this week's game against the Rams. And then at halftime of the Rams game, check out the halftime hash on Facebook Live with either Kev Dan or Ray. They'll be breaking down uh, what they liked and what they didn't like in the first half of the Broncos game. So with that said, everybody, just like all every week, go Broncos. And here's a little pump-up music by the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. Uh-huh.